0: Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Jake Murphy. And I'm with Marcus. I'm Marcus Barella. And uh, this podcast is called Kinks in the Road. We're actually just going to start off with a tarot reading led by Marcus. Super excited. And what do we got, Marcus? Marcus. Okay,
1: so we did uh, pull a few cards. We got the Ten of Lights, the Three of Eyes, and the Nine of Bottles, which is not your traditional tarot suits. Um, But, um, so we got a Fire card, a Water card, and an Air card. Um, Everything except Earth is represented here. I like that there's a real mixture of uh, all the different elements going on. But... Before analyzing the tarot reading, I wanted to just kind of sit in the background and then uh, be able to reflect and connect to all these things. Um, but I will mention that there is a rainbow on the center card, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which and it's a triangle, which I really appreciated because it's fucking gay and <laughs>
0: I'm fucking gay. I'm definitely fucking gay. Yeah,
1: this podcast will likely end up being fucking gay. Definitely. And, um, if you're fucking gay and queer and all everything else all, the, all, the, all the above, yeah, um then we're happy to have everybody who is listening listen, yeah,
0: and if you're not gay, you're definitely welcome, all are welcome, and uh I'm excited to see what's revealed from these cards throughout the reading or throughout the podcast cool, awesome, hi Marcus.
1: hi. How are you feeling today? I'm good. Now I'm nervous because I've never um, recorded a conversation. I, I know was... it's
0: kind of weird, because um, there's a part of you that's like conscious of being monitored, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and then there's the other part that's like, oh, I hope I say something interesting, but you just kind of, I don't know. You, I don't. It, it feels better and better as you continue to do it. But I think the way that we wanted to start this off is asking each other a few questions or what are you drawn to first?
1: Um, yeah, let's, um, I don't know, let's just get into it. Let's choose a question and, and then I hope to kind of reveal a little bit more about my personality and who I am and uh, where I've been as I answer some of these questions. So this is very, in my um, opinion, will be a very relaxed sort of go with the flow yeah. sort of thing. Less yeah. structure than I'm used to, because I really like structure. I
0: totally get it. <laughs> wow. um, the, the thing that I was drawn to initially was actually the first gay bar question. Ooh, because okay, cool. we have the, the pride flag in the middle of the reading. So, Marcus, what was your favorite first gay bar?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know what? I think, I think that is a really perfect question to start. Because we have come together as a result of our working together mm-hmm. at the Eagle Los Angeles. The premier leather bar in Los Angeles.
0: Premier. It's the <laughs> Lux leather bar. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: that. Lux
0: and Deluxe. Lux
1: leather. Oh, that reminds me of, of one of my first gay bars, but not the first. There was one I think called Luxor in Lubbock when I lived in Lubbock, Texas, for two semesters when I went to university. However, um, my very first gay bar was called Oz, which is so perfect in my opinion, because New Orleans, no, it's oh. in, um, I'm from Midland, Texas. Okay. It's a small city in West Texas. And, um, they, call, I think they sometimes call it twin cities. I, I could be wrong, oh, but Midland Odessa are two cities that are about the same size. Um, and they're right next to each other and in, in West Texas. And it's like, there's really nothing else around. Like all the big cities are five hours away oh, yikes. So we I felt I felt really really isolated growing up and but one of the my favorite things my favorite memories of childhood is is adoring uh Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. Oh, I love that. And one little element that I never ever talk about there's so many things from the movie that I loved but one of the elements I loved was her picnic basket and I never talk about that but her picnic basket was basically, like, her backpack yeah. that, like, had some supplies in it or whatever, I think.
0: I don't even know if there was anything in that fucking basket. Am I the only one that likes... I love the idea of, like, being prepared with a lot of, like, first aid supplies. And you have, like, maybe you have, like, snack bars and you have, like, a bottle of water. I'm a weird... It's I'm really weird when it comes to preparation, and, like, having things tucked away. Like, my center console has, like, snacks and water mm-hmm. bottles. And, like, mm-hmm. it also is my center console alt car altar. Like, mm-hmm. the po- top part of it has, like, coral and, like, herbs and a tarot card and, like, just random shit in it. But I love the idea of having, like, little hideaway compartments for things. And yeah. I feel like Dorothy's picnic basket was a total hideaway compartment for mystery things. And I'm like, what's in that? What's in there? I just want to know this is the thing we're both Sagittarius true yes and I will again
1: reference the tarot reading because this card in the center is a Sagittarius card it is a fire card it's usually uh, of the wands but um, it has an arrow that is the 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 glyph for Mm -hmm. Sagittarius so for it to be the center card (laughs) it's pretty great I always take the center card as the main theme of a reading and for two Sagittariuses to get together and talk about their deepest, um, their deepest uh, thoughts and reflections and inspirations, like it's totally typical of a Sagittarius, I think. Um, but also, Sagittarius likes to explore. So, uh, another thing from childhood I loved was the little Lego men, yeah. and there was my favorite um, accessory for little Lego men was this little backpack, because that meant <laughs> awesome. no that meant he was going on an adventure he He's she that yeah. was going on an adventure and exploring anyway so oz so oz i always wanted dorothy's ruby red slippers when i was little but i would tell nobody of course it was yeah. a secret and i would i never got them i never revealed that i wanted them but i just think it's so fitting that by the time i became 18 and i was finally able to um go and uh hang out with other gays the the bar in Odessa. Midland is very conservative and Odessa is not so. Um some people would call it Ho Odessa, <laughs> but they had like s- strip clubs <laughs> right and like porn um porn places to Libraries buy or whatever. videos or whatever. Yeah. Um and they had a gay bar and it was called Oz and that's where I had my first drinks. A six pack of Zima was my first drunk. And, what's uh, Zima? Zima, it's kind of like uh those seltzer drinks now, but it's like malt liquor. Okay, so it's like a flavored, right? Kind of sweeter drink. Anyway, okay. but, uh, what's Zima? I'm giving away my age. <laughs> <and> <laughs> you're,
0: you're younger than me. <laughs> I've just never. i never heard. I'm obviously. I said what's Zima? I've never heard of it. But so, what was the experience like? You were. It was your first dr- like drunk experience what kind of people were there were were they nice to you did you feel welcome
1: um yeah you know um i remember loving being around the gays and i think i took my best girlfriend with me who um we loved to coordinate outfits mm-hmm. and we'd like wear creative things and um i remember being on the dance floor and being drunk and um uh, dancing really closely with some other guy and whoever they were, I don't know. And mm. then, like, I just get closer and closer and I'm just, like, really feeling myself. And the next thing you do, I I lick their face. Oh. That's what they did in the Slave for You video, the Britney
0: Spears. I'm, I'm slave. For- slave. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, uh, it's so
1: good. <laughs> anyway, so that's my first gay bar. <laughs> but I want to hear about yours.
0: Oh, okay. Um... I think, so I, so I spent, um, my adult out gay years in like since late eight, since I was 18, uh, out of high school in Minneapolis. And so Minneapolis Eagle Bolt bar was my home bar, but also, uh, the saloon in Minneapolis, phenomenal space. Love that bar.
1: There's an eagle in Minneapolis. Yeah, Is there it was. Still?
0: Oh, dude, it, it's still there, but they closed down the basement bar, which was like the CD one, red light. They had like I I don't even remember what was down there because I was eighteen. It was I only saw it once, and I obviously I wasn't of age yet, but I had a a real ID from a person who looked like me, and that's how I got into the bars until I was twenty one, but. I think my first gay bar was the Saloon in Minneapolis, and my first boyfriend took me there um, because he wanted to go out, and he's like, "Well, you're eighteen, and you know <laughs> you you're, you like wouldn't be able to go with me unless I kind of got you in." So he knew some of the door guys and stuff like that. And
1: uh, how old was your boyfriend?
0: He was forty six. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> fucker. So <laughs> he was, uh, yeah. He was. He, he was an interesting character. We'll say 18 that
1: eighteen and forty six. Yeah.
0: Okay. I was, but my birthday was in is in December, and so I turned nineteen two months after meeting him, and uh, man, that relationship was crazy. But what I remember going into the bar was, it was so strange to be in a place where there was these guys who were kissing each other and like being close and like it was the first time i think I th- that i ever saw a drag queen and i was like whoa what is going on it's so new it was a literal culture shock coming from rifle colorado where i went to high school in a town of like nine thousand.
1: oh my god you you're from a place called rifle
0: yeah yeah oh, that's Home of the Bears, funny enough. <laughs> that
1: is kind of hot, but also just a little bit disturbing. But um It was yeah, <laughs> it
0: was very conservative, very hick, very, very, very small minded. So I I was I mean I came out to my bestie Melly in um junior year of high school. And then six people knew by the end of the year that I told. By the end of my senior year, about a dozen people knew. So I was like slowly, slowly coming out. And then I think on my 20th birthday is when I came out to my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I felt it was fun. The gay community was fun. That was the first impression that I had. It was very boisterous and close. You saw these people who were close and there was a familial kind of feel to it. And I thought that was very intriguing. I was like, I didn't know that that was a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I was very, very green to the community. And yeah. um, no, it, was, it was pretty wild to see that and then to be a part of it and to then to understand what it is to be a part of the community.
1: It's interesting you said familial because I was just remembering how when I first started to have gay friends, mm-hmm. some of the the first friends that I made, they told me that, we call each other family.
0: Like mm. we,
1: it's like a, co- it was a code word to say, Oh, he's family. Right. Like if you're checking out the grocery store yep. and the guy looks or the yep. girl or whatever looks like they might be gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, was, afterward we'd whisper each other to each other, right. their family. Mm-hmm. But I don't hear that anymore. I don't hear that term used anymore.
0: But, I, um, I used to say our team. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was with like, I had one gay friend in high school or two. Uh, one was bisexual. The other one was um, gay. And Guillermo. Guillermo and I were attached at the hip. He's my he's my brother. I, I still talk to him every week. But anytime we were out and we saw somebody, it was like, oh, our team. You know, it was like mm-hmm. you just the gaydar picking up on cues and micro expressions and things like that.
1: Gaydar. Yeah, that was our. We're talking about our gaydar yeah. now. Our like. Six cents, seven, <laughs> seven cents. Seventh, of probably. Senses, don't we? All the
0: senses. We'll get into that. Lots too. of senses. <laughs> senses and sensations.
1: Um. But however, <laughs> okay. I think there's a little technicality here. There's something I don't quite understand. Okay. So you say saloon was your first gay bar. Hmm. However, you did go to the Eagle mm-hmm. before you were of age. I will mention that. Oz was an 18 and up bar. So oh. I, was, I was following the rules. I wasn't. I, I <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
0: I, I'd, well, I think they had 18 and up nights, right? Oh. There was probably like a Thursday night or something that they had. Um, but I think it was my ex's plan, too, to devise a way for me to like regularly go with him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, I mean, nobody noticed this dude had a Minnesota tattoo on his neck in the ID and nobody noticed that I didn't, you know, and some bartender actually called me out. He's like, he's not old enough because I think he knew me from the gym or something. And he went to like go scan and check my card because at the Eagle, they could check to see if it was a real ID Mm -hmm. and it was a real ID. So it's you know, he had to hand it back and I was able to come in and then I was, I was a total bitch. I came in on my 21st birthday. (laughs) And like celebrated my 21st birthday at the bar. But I was friends with the bartenders at that point. And so it was like a b- little joke. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so wait, was, yeah. was the saloon or was the Eagle your first bar?
0: The saloon. The saloon was the first one that I walked into. But the Eagle is where I felt most comfortable. Because the clientele were the type of guys that I was into.
1: I.e. Da- daddies.
0: Daddies, Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Ever since I was a kid, I was attracted to daddies though. Like the um still standing with Mark Addy, the British actor who was the king in Game of Thrones season one, who died. Okay. Oh shit, spoiler, sorry. I don't know if anybody's whatever. Anyway, uh I was always attracted to him and it was just this thing where I was I just felt such a I just felt so I didn't know how to explain me being gay because I didn't know what it was when I was that young, but I just knew that I liked guys more than I liked girls, mm-hmm. like men, not just guys, like men, like my shop teacher. Shout <laughs> out! Shout out to Alan Lizney, uh, <laughs> a huge crush on you. Okay, um, yeah,
1: I hope this gets to
0: him. I now. hope it does, but yeah, that was my the saloon was my first gay bar. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we have that in common. I I liked daddies too, I guess, and I mean my first. Actually, my first boyfriend was my age. But then the next guys I started dating were like 20-something years older than me. Yeah. And that continued for quite a while. Um, But um, yeah, now I'm just a big slut and I like all ages, so... um, (laughs) (laughs) Equal opportunity slut. Yay! Um, Okay, so the saloon, Oz... Where do we go next?
0: You know, I think that... Do you know? I just want to tap into this real quick because there's. I th- feel like this is there's a lot of people who experience the whole daddy thing. Why is it? Do you think that you gravitated towards older men?
1: Ooh, the conversation is definitely taking uh, a kink in the road. We're, oh, we're going, down, we're going down another another road. Well, um, I think one of the first um, ways that I would answer that question is has to do with. Um, I guess I've often been considered a bit of an older soul, right um and I think that could also kind of speak to that that typical Sagittarius quality where the Sagittarius is really looking really deep inside for inspiration or um or or for really uh a lot of wisdom, and I think that people who are older have more wisdom, they have more experience right. Um, I think that's probably one of the reasons, um, that, uh, I gravitated towards, um, men that were older than me. Um, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Do you find as a Sagittarius that, you know, they talk about freedom a lot as well. Like freedom is very, very high priority for us Sagittarians being adventurous, you know, very, I feel like I've had a sense of fluidity where just kind of being taken wherever I was moved to go, you know, I've moved 28 times and, you know, I'm just very like uh nomadic, very gypsy life. And I feel like that has to do with being a Sagittarius and just kind of going with it. And when I'm, when I was analyzing why I'm attracted to older guys, a lot of the time it's because they had a quality of stability, that had a quality of um, steadfastness where they, you know, they they had a set of beliefs and they, they just knew themselves. And I thought that that trait was very attractive because there was this part of me that was still finding myself. So it was almost like holding on to a buoy in the middle of the ocean. It was, you know, something sturdy and with all the currents that were going around through my life and yeah. it felt safe. And I've I felt older men were safer because they seemed more sturdy.
1: No, I definitely uh, relate and agree with that. Um, definitely, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. there's something else I wanted to say and I forgot.
0: Whoops. So. <laughs> uh, we talk, We were talking about freedom and liberty and. Oh
1: well, I mean, in my younger years, I just felt really sort of emotionally unstable you're talking about oh. being like well, you're physically
0: emotionally unstable as well okay. <laughs> we'll get into that at some point <laughs> um, and
1: so yeah like i i loved that you know being with somebody who sort of calmed me down yeah. a little bit and sort of um anchored me in a way it, it it brought this sort of structure that i that i feel like was um was easier to, it felt more comfortable to be in rather than my emotional instability. Got you. Um, um, so it felt um, very safe. It felt safer than, and I felt unsafe.
0: Yeah, so. no, I totally resonate with that. There was a sense of, well, I mean, my first ex, I was thrown out to the wolves of like a lot of the darker side of life, of like, drugs and a lot of unsafe sex and a lot of there was no like mentor, you know, there's things that I really sought weren't there for me, like a solid mentor in the community who kind of, hey, watch out for this, you know, just like somebody to to help me um, take my, you know, baby gay blinders off so I could have a little bit more a better perspective of what I should be spending my time on and who I should be avoiding or what I should be avoiding. But at the same time, we all have our own path. We all grow and learn. I'm an I'm a repetitious experiential learner. So sometimes I have to get hit over the head many, many times. Like I think today's like my 49th day sober and it was just one of those things where it was like getting to, too much of a distraction for me. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to eliminate this thing. That's been a distraction for, mm-hmm. you know, uh, too long. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, that safe, that sense of safety. And I feel like because of what I've been through now, I've be, I've become the safe one. And I love that transition. <laughs> I, I love being able to step into that role and, and truly feel comfortable and like, like it fits. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I had a real issue with feeling like I fit anywhere, let alone in my own body.
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the things we're talking about here is what it's like to grow up, to go from adolescence to to get into um, adulthood. Yeah. And um, so there's that element of things. Um, It kind of makes me think of what what might be our next question, which is like uh, what do we want it to be when we grow up? We can transition into that. I love, yeah. But the other thing I'm noticing, to reference back to our tarot reading, is this center card, again, Mm -hmm. is a combination of Sagittarius and Saturn. It is what is usually the Ten of Wands. It's called the Ten of Lights in the Outsider Tarot deck. Mm -hmm. However, um, people who are familiar with astrology... um, Saturn is the planet of boundaries and structure and rules. And this is what we've started to get into yeah. is how both of us have, have are describing what our adolescence was like before we felt grounded. Yeah. We uh, were adventurous and uh, emotionally unstable <laughs> yep. and, um, uh, Very... you know, uh you know, just floundering in many ways. Mm. And um, I think that both of us are kind of describing how we have found a little bit more of a structure and how we how we connect with that sort of element in our lives um, through sobriety, which you're taking on now. Congratulations. Forty nine days.
0: yeah some, I think about forty nine days. Yeah.
1: Forty nine days. And I am 12, 12 years sober plus um, so many months. I don't know how many. Days, <laughs> like two, two months, I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, or I think it's maybe one month. But anyway, um, but that is one of the ways that I have created a structure that has allowed me to um to flourish and to um I mean in this card we have um a prism that is um creating the rainbow right. of of colors. And um I would say that you know from the time I was a kid to now, I feel that that is accurate. Like I feel like I am, I'm growing and being being able to to learn how to express myself in so many different ways, and um, things are just things are really getting better. I mean, yeah. to kind of reference that um, cliche of a quote, it gets better. Like it has gotten better, but it, it does. It it has been really really hard, and, it, and uh, sometimes very unsure of whether it's going to get better. But I want to also mention something else you said about, you know, be, like transitioning from being the, the mentee to the being the mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of something that Charlie said, who is our uh, the owner of the Eagle LA. He said in a interview one time, he said that every every even daddies need daddies. Yes. So I've um, in this, I'm I'm 39 years old. How old are you? 29. Interesting. We're 10 years apart. Again, another reference to this card. It's yeah. the 10 of light. So there's a, ah, there's, a universe, year, there's a 10 universe sneaky. There's a situation here. Yeah. One thing that I'm finding now is it has been really cool to be, to step into the role of mentor sometimes because now there are people who are younger than me and I find myself sort of in that role. It, it just naturally happens because I'm, I've got younger friends However, at the same time, I I I understand that I need to kind of bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, I still need my mentors. I still need to be guided. Um, and I think there's something so beautiful about being really aware of, of when to kind of ask for help and when to kind of uh, understand that I have some wisdom to share, you know. Um, and I think it is... A, uh, a blend of of those things uh, of a fluid fluidity, fluidity yeah. needs to be um incorporated.
0: So I think what I immediately got from that is like it's about learning how to trust yourself because I I found that a lot of the issues that I was having is I didn't trust my own discernment and I relied very heavily on, you know, my mentors or figures in my life that i thought were um you know authorities on certain subjects and and then in this process it becomes a moment where we prove to ourselves over and over again in whatever circumstance that we're exercising you know discernment or trust or whatever in that behavior we're teaching ourselves to to rely on that consistency to rely on that um that that response to the stimuli to that. Like I said, to that consistency, the idea is, if we can learn how to learn from ourselves and learn from our mistakes and our successes, we can learn how to trust ourselves more in those situations moving forward. And what you're talking about, from, Oh, I know I have wisdom to impart. But then there's sometimes that I know that I need to go out and seek help. I think it's really about learning what that balance feels like. Yeah. And staying humble and saying like, no, I I do need help or being in a position where it's like, okay, I have to make these decisions and feeling confident enough to move forward with those decisions. That's where I feel like the biggest growth has come into play is learning how to trust myself more. That was a really roundabout way to get there, but we got there.
1: (laughs) No, I think you're, you're absolutely on point because that is, uh, a really important transition from going to from being in this mentality where I'm really just um, leaning on my elders and or the, the boyfriends, sure. the older boyfriends yeah. that I've had. It has been a struggle to sort of um, cut myself loose from that and then really, really sit and really like own my own sort of uh, guidance and that, that, you know, that continues to be hard sometimes. Like, can I trust myself When yeah. situations happen? I'm like, Oh wait, do I fucking know what I'm doing? Yeah, I've never done know.
0: this before. What do yeah. I, what do I base my, my, my decision-making off of, you know? But then you just learn and you grow and you accept and you become, and if you make a mistake, then you're like, fuck, well, I don't want to do that again, you know? And hopefully we change and we adapt and we yeah. pivot
1: but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. It's it's such an important quality to um, be able to um, trust oneself, mm-hmm. you know, and that takes um, a lot of practice. It takes yeah. a lot of practice. I think I can reference the cards again. One of the other cards that we have is the, the three of eyes, which is usually the three of swords. It is a combination of Saturn and Libra. Libra is about balance, which is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This In this particular card, there's these three fists that are rising up against these like cameras that are sort of ominously watching. And I think this kind of speaks to the fist rising up is to, to like owning our own sort of um, our own uh, belief in ourselves that yeah. we can um, guide ourselves along the way. But there's still that balance between... Yeah. Sometimes my guidance tells me to ask for help.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> well, and on, since we're on that subject, one of the things that I get, I'm a, I'm, you'll, you guys will learn that I'm a very spiritual person. We both are highly spiritual. And I have a, a really giant posse of spirit guides. And my, the consistent message for the last three years is stop asking us. You already know what to do. And that's been so frustrating because at times I'm like, I just would just help me. Like, I just want to know. But the, the message was like, calm down. You already know. Like, trust yourself. That was the message was just trust yourself. And it's that balance. It's that balance of like, OK, no, you're right. I've got this because I was relying too heavily on others. We just talked about that. But no, it's that's what came up when I was thinking about that card. Oh, cool. Well, this is good stuff. Um, yeah,
1: so let's transition into yeah. that, that that other question. Like, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: So I think I was in 3rd grade and that question came up um for it was like some pro, like project for the for the class. It was like draw, you know, the career that you wanted when you were older and then write a few, you know, I don't know, like a paragraph about it. And I couldn't I I was so focused on what other people were doing. I had this very comparison mindset of like, oh, well what's what's a good thing to pick? Instead of like what's my choice? I didn't I think that also has to do with like the traumas of my past of not feeling like I owned my own um desires that they were like borrowed. I felt like I wore many masks and I, you know, was constantly a chameleon growing up, borrowing mannerisms, borrowing humor, borrowing, you know, like assimilating to fit in. And I felt like such a stranger. And so when that question came up, I was like, well, I'll just put what my dad is doing currently. He was a contractor and then he became a realtor and then he went back to contracting and um, uh, he like started working for CenturyLink and stuff like that. But I was like, yeah, I want to be a realtor. And I just kind of stuck with it. And they're like, oh, what's, you know, like, why is that? And I'm like, I could I like didn't have an answer. I knew nothing about it, and it it made me feel so silly because I was like, "Well, fuck, I don't, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up." Okay, and yeah, a couple of things came up
1: here. Um, <laughs> one, I remember, I tried to I wanted to remember what your sun, moon, and rising are. Um,
0: so my son Sagittarius, and then I have a Pisces moon. Okay, and my ascending or rising is Cancer. Okay, um,
1: the other thing is you chose your dad's. Cur- career right at, at that point right and um that goes back to the daddy thing right and um my answer to the question of what i wanted to be when i grew up when i was a kid i wanted to be a pop star and yeah, um dude. i didn't have that language just yet when right. i was a little boy right. i just knew i wanted to be a singer dancer extraordinaire yeah um but that was because i grew up watching my father um play music in his band with his brothers. So my, my father is one of 11 kids. Oh shit. Wow. The oldest is a girl and the youngest is a girl, but the nine in the middle were all boys. <laughs> wow. And since they were teenagers, they played in a, in a band at the music band. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> it was called Los Hermanos Barela, which, you know, is my last name, Barela, mm-hmm. Barella. um, but yeah, watching, growing up around my dad and his brothers performing at quinceañeras and weddings and festivals. Um, I would dance to, uh, to the, the cumbias. And um, I, um, um, I, I'd have singing contests with my cousins. And um, I wasn't playing sports like some of my older cousins. But I, there was a group of cousins. There was like four of us about the same age. Um, and we would have singing contests. That's awesome. Contests. I love it. <laughs> um, which is so gay, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to be a pop star yeah. and I have the words
0: pop star tattooed on my knuckles. Oh um, my God. I, n- wh- I literally never knew that. Oh really? I yeah. never That's like it read says. it. Yeah. I, Cause you're always moving around. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're also kind of small. I would redo these if, um, if I could, but you know, they're there um that's cool but the letters are kind of small but um pop star remains to be this like dream of mine and i've achieved it in different ways not in the scale that i Would've, wanted yeah. like i imagine that i would be singing with mariah carey at the staples center she was gonna do a, she's having her concert and then she like brings me out on stage to do like one song with her and anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> so, that's awesome so i i have stories that kind of Tell how I feel like I've lived my pop star fantasy, um, in, including the big lips that are um, on my wall, this piece that was a, a costume piece for a drag show that I did. That was one of my times when I um, got to live my pop star fantasy. Um, but I totally believe that um, living a dream, even if it's not in the... I think, I think a lot of people, if they assess their lives, may realize that their dream maybe came true. It just didn't come true. in right. in the way they imagined it would. And so, um,
0: I feel like that's manifestation in general is like the, th- the things that we're asking for. I, for instance, COVID was interesting for me because I was like, you, you know, I was asking the universe, you know, January, February, I was like, Hey, I, I need some way for these distractions to be eliminated. So that I can focus on my path. So I can focus on me. And then all of a sudden, I'm not saying that's how, like, that's, that I manifested that by any means. But I'm saying, like. (laughs) The pandemic was your fault. It is my fault. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Fuck me, right? So (laughs) I was just like, oh, that's how it manifested, though, is like, oh, here's a perfect opportunity. You can't go out. You can't, you know, blah, blah, X, Y, and Z. You have to be focused on what you're creating for yourself, what you want and it was a beautiful gestation period, you know, obviously it was super difficult. I was unemployed for 15 months. Like that was hard. Um, but the idea is sometimes what we ask for isn't always in the package that we think it's going to uh, be. Yeah,
1: I completely agree with that. And I, that's why I think that um, you mentioned earlier, we're both like spiritual. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that like Having a practice of self-reflection is so important to be able to access different perspectives. I mean, there's lots of ways to like to get different perspective, but I find one of the most important ones is um, engaging in your own version of inner reflection because then the answers do they come from from you right. and they come from this this space inside of you that is connected to something greater, right? Um, they're not just coming from me and, you know, relying on another person who I deem is smarter or more capable, right. more experienced. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think that these perspectives can be found often within this sort of, like, uh, quiet sort of reflection. And so I'm a big cheerleader for, like, having some sort of practice of reflecting. Um, but...
0: No, it's, it's extremely important. And it's, it's in those moments when we quiet our mind that we're able to receive the messages that, you know, that we want, but also that we didn't know that we wanted. You know, it's, it's, I love being pleasantly surprised. And it's in those moments that I'm usually pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's in Or it's like, oh my God, I've been looking at it all wrong. Like, it's all these, these joyful realizations of like, oh, fuck, life can be so persnickety, but also like absolutely wonderful. And it's, I, I, I like to say that a part of magic is perception and perspective. And if we can shift our perspe- our perspective and shift our perception, we've just shifted reality. We're yeah. magicians. You know? Yeah,
1: Jake. Jake and I speak the same language, <laughs> which was really yeah. tough growing up. It's like wanting to talk like this all the time, but feeling right. like a freak. Because, oh my god, uh, I know. Because like, who who gets who understands this? Are you just aren't you? Are you just weirdos?
0: I yeah, we are. But that's the best part is like you get to be a weirdo, and like find your tribe, find your family, find your little you know, but posse.
1: Okay, so back to the question. Yeah, did you? Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Was there a time when you, when that was finally like more clear to you? What Maybe it Actually, wasn't when you were little, but maybe it was. Yeah. Point?
0: No, that's a great, that's a great question because it happened in meditation. It, so I don't even remember when, I'm also a life coach. I coach communication, relationships and intimacy, but I'm also a spirituality coach, which is a separate business because it's, I like to think that life coaching is like helping others to help themselves. Whereas spirituality coaching is helping others to help others. Like it open, it's like a spiritual awakening that opens up and they're allowed or they're then in a place to give where in life coaching, people are giving to themselves. They're allowing themselves to receive and give back to themselves and remember that, remember who they are. Right. So the idea is, I was in this meditation. I was meditating every other day. I was doing like a ritual, like a cleansing ritual every other day for two months straight. And I had never felt more grounded, aligned, centered, cleared. Just like very, very a lot of clarity. And at, you know, at the end of the two months, I was like, okay. You know, I was talking to my guides and I was like, I'm ready to know what my life purpose is. Well, it's super fucking heavy ask, you know, of my guides. But what I heard was we over me. And that was that was it. And I was like, Okay, and it started to like gestate. And it, you know, it took about nine months. And um, but then it started to formulate and I got excited about it. And I had this passion. And I didn't know exactly what it looked like. But that was five years ago. And in that five years, my business came out of it. Uh, and then The We Over Me project is is a project that I'll be starting down the road about connecting people with resources from people who have gone through what they're what they're currently experiencing. So, um, a sexual assault survivor would be like leading leading a guide um, would be coaching a group of people who have also been sexually assaulted with like, hey, this is coming from the heart. This is what the tools that I've These are the tools that I've learned. This is what I'm putting out there. And instead of like somebody talking about the theory of what it's like to go through that, they're connecting on a, on a personal level and it feels more, more grounded in that person's truth. That's what I've experienced is like, it feels more connected when that other person has gone through it as well. Like grieving, you know, that's a a huge, a huge topic where if that other person has lost somebody close to them as well, I feel like it's easier to talk to that person because at least you know that they know what you're going through. Right? So the point is connecting people with people who've gone through what they're going through, whether it's domestic violence, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, suicide awareness, like all this kind of stuff, narcissistic personality disorder, all of these things. Um, it'll be a network of, of coaches that I've um, taught my uh, methodology of coaching to. So that's like, that's my end goal. And it starts with my coaching businesses and then my healing business down the road, which is like, it's really, I'm like nervous to say that because being a healer is weird to say still for me, even though that it's a part of my life but being a weirdo is about embracing your weirdness and being different and accepting that and thriving in it mm-hmm. you know Oof, that was a lot
1: yeah yeah that's well i've i have observed um jake's healing powers oh. and i can attest to to that and how he creates an environment that um that is um very loving and um i sometimes i'm going I'm going to use a particular uh, when you um rallied uh, our us around somebody who who we worked with who needed some support and um that was just a great example of of how you are a leader in that way, and um it's really inspiring so i think uh you're on track you know the guides you're
0: thank you they're guiding you correctly it it feels good you know it feels good to thank you again um I don't know if I see an opportunity where it's like I would I would want that you know and I if I put myself in somebody else's shoes I feel like that's the point of existing I feel like the meaning of life is connectedness
1: oh yeah absolutely Mm
0: -hmm. why go through what we've been through if we're not supposed to heritage that knowledge Yeah, if we're not supposed to try to understand others through the lens of their life and help when when and if we can yeah
1: yeah i um when you were talking i pulled one more card Mm -hmm. and um it's the the adjustment card and this deck is amazing i love it it's It's made by a queer person but it's also kind of surreal and cryptic and so like this card is usually the justice card but in this deck it's a big. Um, what are these called? Ash- some ashwagandha mushroom. Are they? I
0: forget what it's. It's a it's classic mushroom. The red cap with the white dots. Yeah, those. Yeah.
1: I forget what they're called, but um, it's a classic mushroom that's super popular. But like
0: witchcraft and stuff like that. Like I love witchy anything. It's very
1: psychedelic. Yeah. But. Um, it's connected to all these like um, these wires. And it's, it's talking about the interconnectedness of um,
0: like threading of needles yeah,
1: of everything. And because there's something about mushrooms that it, in their roots, they're sort of like,
0: they're like social.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I can't
0: explain. I it. know what you're talking about though. Like they People, have their own network of like uh, yes. intelligence.
1: So this is what, this is what it's, what it's sort of referencing is a our connectedness. And I think that um, you've just talked about it just now. And I think that um, for me, that's an, an underlying motivation beneath everything and anything that I do. Yeah. Because I, I, I want to be connected to myself. I want to be connected to the universe and I want to be connected to my fellows. And all of those avenues are a way to experience that connectedness. And everything is about how can I experience more connectedness? Yes. Internally
0: um, and externally.
1: Doing this and um sharing sharing wisdom of the experiences that, that I've gone through. Because um, just like you said, that is the best way to help somebody else when they know that you've had the same experience and and I share this is how I got through it. And if that helps you, awesome. Um, so anyway that's uh just a little addition that i um drew from from the other thing that's kind of cool about this card is that it's a major card so yeah um it's not one of the minors like the other three cards um this one is a major um so there's something
0: there's like a crystal pendulum above it yeah as which, well it's cool
1: there's actually like this is a chandelier in the tin of lights and there's a a prism so there's like all this sort of like symmetry kind yeah. of going on in that center in that center area
0: so um it's about balance for sure and it, i yeah i love the image of the ten of lights the prism with the rainbow coming out of it yeah um, we, we
1: really could have just stopped there with the one card <laughs> like more cards I love
0: more cards. <laughs> i love that uh i think it's about sharing your light It really is. And when people say, you know, one of my favorite genuine compliments is complimenting somebody on their light, on their specific light, because everybody has like a different flavor, a different essence. And when when you talk about somebody's light and what they provide as a being on an energetic level. I, it's so inspiring to me because it it reminds me of like oh I have a spark too you know and and having that passion and having that drive, it it's kinetic and I have to remember like oh I have a velocity like I'm going somewhere and it's exciting I may not know exactly what that looks like but I'm going and it feels good to go, but also having that balance of remembering when to be still and remembering that it's okay to be still I never felt okay being still. Mm-hmm. Because I was, there was so much movement in my life and chaos and, you know, constant adjustments, but I'm learning now as I grow older to be with the stillness and remember that growth is in the stillness. Healing is in the stillness, um, recollections and memories and innovation is in the stillness. Yeah. yeah. So. No, it is. I think, like I said, it's about, it's, or like we both said, it's about balance.
1: Can I get an amen? Uh, Praise the Lord. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with you. That's exactly what's happening in that Ten of Lights card. It's a prism that is reflecting light and, and um, you pinpointed such an important thing in, in, Acknowledging how each one of us reflects light in a special way. Um, And I was trying to compliment you and how you do so. Um, And now you can compliment me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I no. Okay, one thing that
0: I love about Marcus, and I'll say (laughs) this right now, is his ability to pleasantly surprise in (laughs) any moment. He'll come out with something that is super profound or... Like I just, his ability to tap into this beautiful flow of creative energy. When you see him bartending, he's just, he's like dancing around and he's, he's got this movement and it's exciting. And like, every time I see him, I smile because he has that energy and it's like, fuck man, I want, I have to remember, I can tap into that. Like you're, you're inspiring. Your energy is inspiring energy.
1: Well, I am a pop star and <laughs> He's that's a pop one of star. the primary functions of a pop star is to inspire the masses. It's which true. Is, which is why I, I think that was the other element of like it wasn't like my dream of being a pop star was not just about I wanted fame and glory or whatever yeah. and attention. It was about when you have that sort of, um, effect on a large amount of people, you can, um, you can create change that, that maybe the world needs. Absolutely. Um, and positive change. And, you know, the change I needed was to understand that there was nothing wrong with me for being, being a homo. And, um, you know, and that's, it, it was always that I wanted to convey a, a, a deeper message of, of love and acceptance. Um, through, um, through you know, like looking really cute and, well, and um, just
0: embracing yourself,
1: creativity yeah. and, um, and just uh, ex- expansive ways of expression.
0: Um, expansive ways of expression. I love that.
1: <clears throat> well, okay. So I'll reference one of the, the other cards I have said the least about, which is the nine of bottles, mm-hmm. which is usually the nine of cups. And coincidentally on this one it's actually bottles that are in the shape of a bunch of iconic pop stars or um, like one of them is Princess Leia, one of them is oh, Bowie, one of them is David Bowie, we have George Michael represented, also Prince. That. Now the artist who made this deck actually made you chose all these people because they were people who passed away I think in 2018 or 2019, I could be wrong. But um so this whole pop star thing um is kind of reflected in the um in the tarot here as well but this one is Jupiter the planet Jupiter in Pisces and so Pisces is a very fluid we've talked about fluidity as right. well um and uh, Jupiter is about expansion so um anyway that's that card um the last question I think we can end on is, uh, what are you exploring? Um,
0: you go first. What are you exploring?
1: Well, um, I have been exploring the uh, leather fetish kink community. I've worked at the Eagle since I was 21 years old. It's like 18 years now. And within this time, um, I've always loved working there and felt like I felt like a sense of belonging yeah. from, from working there. One that I didn't that I didn't feel growing up. And, um, as I've gotten older, I feel like I, um, or actually, actually, as when I decided to start exploring the Leather Fetish King community more, I feel like I found even more a sense of belonging. And, um, so that's something that I've been exploring lately. And, um, it's been really inspiring and motivating and, um, um i am just really enjoying that process um that's a whole conversation in itself
0: but um what's the biggest thing that you've learned in the process so far?
1: Gosh, what have I learned in the process so far? um I think that the leather community is really creative. There mm. is um a sense of uh of play. That is engaged with all the various fetish slash kinks, um, whether it's a leather man dressed in a full leather uniform, or if it's a puppy dressed with a puppy hood and a little wagging tail, um, I think every element again to talk about the card again that nine of bottles or the nine of cups, this Jupiter and Pisces. It's about being able to, Pisces is very much about fantasy and the imagination. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to engage with that playful sort of childlike yeah. part of oneself and the kind of expansion, Jupiter, um, the kind of expansion that can be accessed. And um, in, in, within that space, there is healing, there is exploration, there is learning to connect to your fellows in um, In unexpected ways, Mm -hmm. all because I think our society is very like um, business oriented or productivity productivity oriented and the kink community and the fetish scene, which people may not think about it in these terms. Oh, it stopped.
0: Oh, sorry, we're still going. We have five minutes left. Oh, yeah. So people may not think about
1: fetish and kink in these terms, but um, it's uh, it's it's able to access this other sort of like fantasy childlike element that is, is really uh, a, a great way to bring about um, more self-awareness. And, um, and uh, you know, it's like speaking to that wounded inner child, it's just yes. like letting that wounded inner child like really just um have all live out all of the ways in which the child felt like it couldn't live out when it was actually a child I love that yeah so um that's just like a brief synopsis I
0: love that no that's really cool There, uh, that sense of play is so important and as an adult it's you know what is an adult what what are our definitions of adulthood and being a grown up it's very serious it's you know it's like we don't I feel like a lot of the time we don't allow ourselves to play. We don't allow ourselves to be goofy and look silly and and explore creatively and and push ourselves outside of our comfort zones and still feel safe. Because in that community, in our community, the gay community, hopefully we provide a space where that feels safe. And I, I guess what I'm exploring is, I think what I talked about earlier is trusting myself is really is coming down to like, um, exploring different opportunities for me to, um, as a business person, you know, building my businesses, uh, exploring something new with a client and feeling safe and feeling trusted as a coach, uh, having that equal relationship, coach and coachee as co-creators, To build together exploring that exploring that space and you know I recently had my second session with a new client and it was it's lovely and I just remember smiling after that session and just being like fuck yeah dude I want all of my clients to feel like this that's what I want to manifest that's what I want to explore is having clients come to me who are willing and trusting and open and ready to to make changes and hopefully you know hopefully we build that that bond where we're both safe in that exploration and they feel safe enough for to allow me into a space where it might not be comfortable for many other people that's exciting to me to be in a place where we can create something that's absolutely fucking groundbreaking for them like that is one of my highest levels of fulfillment yeah is being able to be in that space with somebody and continue to break boundaries and like yeah. move past things that were obscuring or you know blocking their their life in the way that they wanted to create.
1: Well, you know, I'll speak to that. You're doing it right now as we speak because <laughs> I've never done anything like like a podcast before and so yeah make taking this action and and um you know recording this right now is in that direction and the only way I could do it was with you know by doing it with you you yeah. should have take took the lead you have very very much right now is an aries new moon so this is a really interesting time to kind of like initiate and take an action a yeah. new action and so it's an interesting day for us to kind of do this together
0: it, and like I I agree. I'm 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 so excited. Like this this kind of stuff is so satiating, and it feels right. And I know like I get excited about these kinds of moments because things just come together. And it, like especially with this reading, it was so aligned. Like I knew that it was going to fall together in a way that was just absolutely beautiful. And throughout this reading, it hit on every single card. It was awesome. So yeah. thank you first of all for diving into those and giving a little bit more insight on with a meaning behind each card, because I'm not familiar with this new tarot deck, so Um, it's tricky for me.
1: Well, I'll lean on your expertise in recording a podcast, and (laughs) I'm glad that I have something to give in um, my knowledge of of astrology and tarot, and particularly this this, uh, specific outsider deck, because a lot of people don't know this deck, but um, it is my favorite.
0: Well, we will dive back into that more, and... We thank you all for tuning in.